Welcome everyone to Lunchbox TV's review of The Boys Episode 5. We gotta go now. And what we gotta do is talk about this episode because it's it was a wild one, like always. It's, they're all wild, but this one, uh, it was up there. Uh, so uh, let me introduce uh, Lou, Jermaine, and Michelle. We're all here to talk, uh, get real excited. Uh, let's start with Billy, a.k.a. Butcher, and his reunion with the boys, uh, M.M., Mother's Milk, and, uh, and Huey, at his aunt's home. It was his aunt, right? Yeah. Yes. And and his lovely dog, Terror, um, who melted Aww, my heart. I love that dog. Terror. Oh, I, I, it's I, everything. Like, what do you mean, Alex? Is that what you like? <laughs> <laughs> That's his I'll f- toy. <laughs> Fuck pig, I believe, was the term. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, get a few fuck toys. Uh, yeah, I, I I read like the first few trade paperbacks and terror was pretty prominent in them. And I was just wondering, because I love bulldogs. It's a little pervy for a bulldog. But uh, yeah, it was great to, to see him pop up. Uh, th- that might have been it. But anyways, uh, back to the reunion. Uh, tell me uh, your thoughts. Jeremy, want to um, do the honor since you were away last week? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to remember. Like I said, I don't have a great memory, which is why I should write things down like Alex. Um, but there was something that uh, Butcher said to Huey that I was like, ooh, so true. Um, I'm trying to remember now, but it was something along the lines of like Huey just having a history of like latching onto people and like, uh, you know, I guess trying to fix them or like, is that what the line was that you like latch on to people? Cause you're afraid to be alone. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh shit. That's like so true. And I thought that was like pretty, you know, heavy hitting and like right on the money. Um, but it was nice to see them, I guess, come back together. Um, I also thought that, uh, uh, I mean, with, as these scenes go, right. When, when the entourage comes and like joins the leader, it's always this like super emotional thing. Um, where it's like, Oh, like, Oh, they're here to support him. Like they don't want to see him get hurt. They're like here for him, which is nice to see. Um, but I, I at that point, if I were butcher, I, I would have done the same exact thing. Like the love of my life, you know, sending me away, you know, doesn't want to run away with me. Like I would be like, yeah, you know, I'm done. Like, I will gladly give my life up so you guys can escape. Those are my thoughts. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, I actually, another way I look at the, it it was pretty much the same as what Jerm was talking about. But for me, I just like that uh, Huey and MM still sort of had, you know, butchers, butchers back. which is what makes the boys the boys, even though they are, you know, they're willing to kill each other, but they'll also kind of kill for each other. And that makes them kind of a cool unit. Like it's a love hate relationship. I I love that the dog was finally there. I mean, I'm not that familiar (laughs) with the comics, but when I look at covers, terror is always there. So I'm, I'm glad to finally see it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was so happy with the reunion for a couple different reasons. So first of all, I was right. <laughs> There's a couple <laughs> of predictions that I was right on for this episode. This is the first one that I was right about. I predicted that we were going to get to know 
um, why Butcher was so angry all the time and kind of his backstory. And we did get that with the aunt telling Huey about Butcher's brother, Lenny, and kind of that relationship that they had. So that seems to be kind of the thing that made Butcher the angry man that he is. And we got to see the episode kind of start off with him just wanting a fight like we had all mentioned was probably going to happen where he's like in a mosh pit and he just punches a dude. And like, that's not how mosh pits <laughs> work. You're not supposed to just like throw fists like that. So I thought that was really interesting. And then to what German said, I loved that kind of how angry Butcher was. And instead of just like bringing it out, like in violence, he brought it out in words towards Huey, which were valid. Like I do agree that that's very much kind of how Huey has been. I thought it was like, I felt horrible. I was like, man, that's like really like hurt hit real deep. I was like, that sucks for Huey, but he took it like a champ. And I was actually really impressed that he kind of just let that roll off him and, and moved forward with it. Um, and then the scene itself of them trying to explode Black Noir was really entertaining because you had that like couple seconds of suspense after each explosion went off of like, is he going to get up? And then you hear the footsteps again. And I was just like, it built the tension really well, but it was also really funny at the same time. And I thought that was a really interesting mixture for that type of like situation, I guess. So I loved it. I thought like everything with the boys, this episode was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And speaking of Black Noir, uh, they did rig their house Home Alone style, as Jer mentioned uh, before we started rolling. Uh, yeah, they, they could not take him down. So is it his superpower that lets him be invulnerable or is it his armor? Because uh, it's, it, it, I, in the first episode, I could have sworn he was just like charred, like he was really hurt badly, mm -hmm. but healing. But now in this episode, it shows like his armor just took the brunt of everything of all the blasts so i mean that's sort of like nerd talk like what <laughs> tier of superpower level is he at but uh, uh it's a little bit case, of both actually yeah okay i could see that i think and uh you're probably right and he's just the wrong person for for billy to uh pick a fight with what did you guys think of, of that whole resolution I thought it was interesting that he kind of like Billy took a page out of Becca's book in using like, oh my God, Ryan, the son. Yeah. Using him as like the get out of jail free card, because that was the same thing she had done in order to save Billy of like, I'll kill myself in front of the boy, blah, blah, blah. So it's all like really revolving around him and how important uh, Ryan is to Vaught. And I thought that was a very like risky move for him to make, but I thought it made a lot of sense for like what was going on and why he would make that move. It was very stressful because I was convinced MM was going to die because he got fully like like a mm -hmm. knife thrown into him. And then he was just like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm like, you got fully stabbed, <laughs> sir. So I was happy that he was fine at the end of it. Cause I thought, I honestly thought they were building up to kill one of the characters in that scene. Mm -hmm. And I honestly wanted it to be Huey and not MM. <laughs> oh no. Poor Huey. What did he Sorry. do to deserve this? Sorry, Actually Huey. to, to not shit on Huey. This was probably the first episode that I thought Huey wasn't, you know, kind of really annoying. Excruciating annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So I could I could take Huey in this episode. Uh but something in in that scene really kind of made me think in that you know how these heroes are kind of going off doing their own thing, but then you kind of realize Stan is John Carlo Esposito's character's name Stan Edgar. Yeah. So he he knows more than he's leading on, even though you know that he knows stuff. But just the fact that uh, I think it was either uh, the last episode or the episode before that, 
that uh, Black Noir was kind of just there trying to look for for Butcher, almost like on his own. But then right. later on in this episode, you see that Stan Edgar is in his ear. So it and makes me think that the strings. What, what else does he know? And uh, since we see so many people getting along so well uh, on one side of the boys, you have the other side of the boys, uh, Frenchie and Kimiko, who aren't really getting along. Kimiko, it seems, is a super assassin for hire, uh, <laughs> getting paid uh, by Sherry, I believe her name is, mm-hmm. Frenchie's beau. And uh, yeah, isn't that something? That was like the most brutal death I've ever seen. That, that's oh like, yeah. Let me put a yeah. smile on that face and <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah, The sound of it too, like, cause yeah. it cuts away for a second and you just see the other guys reacting to the sound and like the face. Ooh, oh. that was a gross mm-hmm. it, That it, was, it was gross. Fun. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> of, course. of course, of course. It was <laughs> satisfying. <laughs> yeah. It was cool to see her. I mean, like we, I felt like, a little bit robbed with the previous episode of her not getting to confront Stormfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was nice to see her kind of just kicking ass and like really just letting Relating. loose like her anger, I guess, because it did feel like she wasn't just going to assassinate people. She was letting out her anger by doing that. It was more cathartic, I want to say almost, because then by the end of the episode, when she's just kind of sitting and has that confrontation with um, Frenchie, she's not as rage filled as, as we'd seen her previously. So I thought that was really interesting. And I'm very curious as to kind of what's going to come from that next. Cause I thought her confrontation with Frenchie was fantastic. Like I thought he well, like, I like I got a little bit choked up when he was like trying to sign back to her and he was like so upset with her that she hasn't taught him how to communicate with her because he the whole previous season has been trying to teach her how to communicate and it's not really reciprocated and I just like the way he said it his voice kind of like broke a little bit and it actually like got me a little I was like damn I'm actually a little emotional in this moment this is weird Um, I thought it was fantastic yeah also speaking to sorry go ahead Jeremy are you sure? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, so just just wanted to piggyback off of what Michelle was saying. Like, yeah, I don't blame you for getting choked up because, like, you see time and time again, episode after episode, Frenchie is trying so hard to make that connection with Kumiko. And it gets to the point where, like, he he's, like, obsessed with, like, trying to know where she's at at all times, trying to make sure that she doesn't, you know, do something that's going to get herself in like fatal or like in, in a lethal situation, basically. And he's basically like her primary caretaker at this moment. And he's trying and trying and keeps hitting a wall. And then in that episode, we see him like just completely defeated saying just like this. And he walks away and like, you can tell like that, that this was so painful for him to say to her too and yeah that was just like a really sad but like very well done scene yeah I believe the line was uh I can't help you if you won't teach me which was like Mm. (sighs) so basically I'm just (laughs) I agree with both of what you're saying so the the only thing I'm going to add is I really like uh Kimiko's berserker rage as you know Mm. Those dudes did kind of deserve it, to be honest with you. And it was nice to let her kind of have a warm up to when she eventually will face Stormfront, hopefully. But, you know, it looks like it's going that way. 
They filmed uh, one of the scenes in front of my local uh, Dollar Mart, by the way. Yes. Hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was watching like, what the hell? My Dollar Mart? <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, pretty cool. Let's take a lunchbox uh, that- visit to that Dollar Mart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys, Dollar Mart. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me think how like scummy my area must be. If, you know, kind of like seedy underworld happens <laughs> over there. But hey, I'll take it. I don't mind. Uh, now, switching gears from the boys to the seven, it seems like none of them are getting along except for two, but we'll get back to, to that pair later. Uh, let's start with uh, Starlight and Stormfront. They're, uh, they're bumping heads. Uh, Stormfront's bringing Starlight's mama into this. Can't bring her mama. No. Uh-uh. Goodness <laughs> Let me know what you guys think. Yeah, please tell me. Uh, I can only imagine myself as Starlight right now, and I don't know how she doesn't pee her pants every five seconds. Like, she's in such (laughs) an awful position, even, like, especially now that, you know, Stormfront has made it clear that I know that you're the one who leaked the information. And also with her budding relationship now with someone we will talk about at the end of this discussion (laughs) i don't know what's gonna happen to her and it's terrifying because she has nothing not really on stormfront other than the fact that she knows that she's liberty Mm -hmm. but we don't know how useful it even is that she has that information because there's no hints yet on what she's going to do with that info I like that uh, Starlight is trying. Like you said, she's got some big nuts on her to just keep keep trying, even though she's she's on the inside. Meaning, if she screws up one time, every everything's gonna go fall down on her. But yeah, uh, props to uh, Annie. She's trying to get it done from the inside. Mm-hmm. I think she's taking a really stupid and naive approach. Um, because she pretty much like correct me if I'm remembering this wrong because like maybe I was not paying the most attention she told Stormfront they know that she's Liberty Mm -hmm. so she like completely Mm -hmm. played their cards in that Mm -hmm. moment and I felt like that was a really that was not the choice you have this one piece of information that you don't even know the the significance of it yet so to try to throw it out in that moment hoping it's going to land and hoping it's going to do something i think was really stupid because now um stormfront knows they know so depending on like what that information means she can really start to like protect herself from whatever that implication is that we don't even know at this point right so i just was like god you're trying so hard starlight but you're still so stupid and naive and you piss me off but like i love you because you're trying but my god i'm angry um so i thought that was interesting and then i also was actually so nervous and relieved when homelander walked in on that moment because i was like either he's gonna make it a hundred times worse or stormfront's gonna try to keep him in the dark of what's happening there and thankfully that was the approach she took because otherwise she could have just fucking killed started to ripped her head off oh, homelander yeah. would have been like cool like he doesn't he yeah. would have rolled with it um so that was a nervous moment whereas like what is actually going to happen and luckily start like lives to be silly another day so yeah. 
It also didn't look like that she was really all that phase that Starlight knew that she was Liberty, which is very disconcerting. <laughs> well, th- that's what I was thinking, the exact same thing. She was unfazed, which makes me think that maybe she has it wrong. And like my prediction is right, mm-hmm. that that's not actually Liberty, but like maybe Ooh. Liberty's daughter or something. It, it It's like Stormfront was like, oh, sure. She just played with it because... If like something that major and somebody knew, I would think Stormfront would have done something about it. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. So I think it is worth like I was thinking of your prediction, Alex, when the scene with Starlight's mom was happening because Stormfront was talking about her own mother. And she kind of alluded yes. to the fact that they didn't have a great relationship, mentioned her by name as Adele. And then later on that kind of came into play because that was her password. So I was like, right. okay, who is this mom? And why are we suddenly being introduced to her as the important figure for Stormfront? Because she's her password on her computer. Yes. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about you and I was like, okay, that could be there's something there that I think we're going to see more of and is going to get more, uh, more exploration for sure. To add to, uh, yeah, Alex's, uh, prediction. Um, I was, there was one tiny scene that, uh, maybe it could have been Liberty because there was a, a small scene with her and, uh, a train where (laughs) she was taking like little racist jabs at him. I don't know if you noticed, but she was talking about the church. Oh, I noticed. That was my prediction. And then he was was just like, oh, now they just let everybody in. Kind of like, you know. So maybe, I'm still kind of. Yeah. (laughs) I already dug my grave. (laughs) You know where I stand. (laughs) And, and, uh, Another layer to Stormfront's mystery is the phone call conversation she had with uh, Lamplighter, who, uh, well, as we know, is uh, Sean Ash, uh, with yep. Sean Ashmore. Iceman. Yeah, that's it. And uh, Iceman, mm-hmm. that's it. And uh, that conversation, we sort of got the tail end of it. Uh, can't make heads or tails of what they were talking about, but it does seem like they are uh, in a speaking relationship. What is it? Are they related? Mm-hmm. Are they friends? What do you guys think? Mm. They got their own plans. They they they're they're yeah. up to something. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Especially knowing that Lamplighter had some type of altercation with like Frenchie and the boys and like yeah. Lamplighter has been a problem for them before. I wouldn't think it would be crazy that they're planning something mm-hmm. in line with all of that, for sure. And yeah, just to circle back to what Lou said, that was my other prediction. That was correct. I knew that Stormfront was going to be racist towards A-Train. I knew it was going to happen. Oh, yeah. I said it was going to happen. So I was obviously annoyed that it did because I thought it wouldn't. <laughs> but I was like, okay, I knew it was going to eventually come out that she also is racist towards Black people. So there, there it was. On his way out, too. Just like, I know. Yeah, no, Poor no, guy. Just- He's having a know. bad time. <laughs> oh yeah, I I can't sympathize with him though because like all through the first season he's just killing people and discriminating. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know? he's a shit. Like he's the worst. sympathy. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, but anyways, yeah, yeah. it feels bad. Like it feels like a kick them when they're down moment. That yeah. like <laughs> that's what I felt for him. I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> like also a lot of I thought it was interesting just to go for the A train conversation when he was given that moment of deciding of are you going to film this scene the way it's written and go out with like dignity or are you going to go out with us telling the world what you actually did that put you in this position because i think i as a viewer needed to be reminded that a train 
is garbage because (laughs) this season we've only seen him be treated poorly and he's kind of just like a victim of that but the circumstance that he's in was his own making at the end of Mm -hmm. the day like everything in the first season he made those choices he brought himself to where he is and now people are being assholes to him so i thought it was interesting to be reminded that like you did all the drugs you give yourself a heart attack this is what happened this is why you're being kicked out Um, so i thought that was an interesting moment and then obviously we saw the decision he made he values the money and his mm-hmm. dignity. Yeah. Yep. It's like no matter what you do or not do it, you're just a piece of shit. Basically, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if there's a redemption arc, like it has to happen for him, like right now. Mm. And uh, speaking of redemption arcs, uh, Queen Maeve is in the middle of her own. I, I'm pretty sure everyone's behind her, uh, as she doesn't seem to be as big of a piece of shit as uh, the rest of the seven. Uh, however, she is a victim of that whole team, Elena and her, they split because Elena doesn't want to be part of that whole spotlight. Uh, I, I, I did enjoy the whole PR team, uh, talking about how, uh, Elena should present herself. This is her wardrobe. Uh, Queen Maeve, this is how you should present herself. Like, like how the American public, the, the only way that will take a gay couple is like this. And they reference oh God. Elena, Elena and, and Portia. Yeah, that, I that cannot. Made, it made me furious, but also like I agreed with this. Like, wait, that's all true. That's that's the only of way uh, the American people mm-hmm. are, are take, you know they take their gay couples uh like with specific uh, gender roles gender roles uh, oh gross yeah Ugh. yeah i know i know i uh, like yeah so tell me michelle please yeah um everything you're saying like i was disgusted but also like yeah that is like a conversation that would happen like unfortunately i thought it was i had the original like when i had seen um, the scene where Homelander out Homelander outed Maeve as a gay superhero. I thought that was an interesting choice of language. And I was like, okay, called her gay. Then they're like, yeah, she's gay. She's a lesbian. <laughs> da, 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 da. And we know that she's bisexual. Like that's, we've known that for a while. So I thought that was an interesting moment for them to really like, be like, no, that's confusing for the audience. And that is like, such a thing in the LGBT community of bi erasure. Like people can't be understood unless they're one or the other, apparently. So I thought that was like a really unfortunate nod to the reality of being bisexual, like in current times and just in general. Um, And it infuriated me. But I also like, I feel so bad for Maeve in this moment, especially when Elena walks out and Maeve is like, Maeve doesn't know how to communicate to her that like as shitty as this is at least you're going to be alive if we do this because she believes full and well and like I think with good reason that Homelander will kill both of them Mm -hmm. if they don't go along with whatever sick game he's playing so it was really like it was upsetting to kind of see Maeve try to convince Elena without being able to say like the full scope of what could happen if they don't go along with it um so it makes me nervous, but I'm also happy that Maeve does feel like, you know what, we're going to get him. We're going to do something about it. So that again, leads me to believe like she'll probably join the boys or join Starlight or do something of that nature to protect herself and her love. Mm. I don't, to be honest, I don't really think that there's anything I could add that Michelle didn't already say, right? Like it's, she's put in such an awful situation that you would unfortunately 
expect to see in Hollywood today, right? For all the people who are concerned about viewership and like thinking of ways to make things clear. And, and it's very unfortunate that, you know, in this situation, Elena has to, uh, both Elena and Maeve have to kind of like swallow their pride and like erase a part of their identity to just be what everyone wants them to be and also for their own safety at this point um because of homelander so yeah just really really sad and i I honestly commend the show for kind of putting in these issues really well and i i know they might be ever so slightly like caricaturized but nonetheless uh important to have that in there I I agree with both of you like completely and the only thing I can really add is that I like that Maeve is you know for lack of a better term following her heart and then she's gonna protect Elena and she's gonna try and plan something to uh get rid of Homelander because then you see her go to the deep trying to because he's another fallen member of the the seven trying to get him on their side which again, I don't know if anybody predicted Maeve being part of the boys, but I know that we did kind of say that A Train and the Deep was probably gonna fight with the boys. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Maeve does seem to have some sort of something planned with the Deep. Uh, no idea what that can be, considering she has such disdain for the Deep, and yeah. you can tell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they met at an autograph signing. I don't know. What that was about. <laughs> maybe, maybe you guys have a prediction uh, for later. We'll see. But uh, our final talking point, probably like the, the, the cla- it, it was a climax in more than one way. Uh, we, we have a new ship. Uh, Michelle, can you tell us the name? Imagine I just messed it up. I was like, wait, what is it? Um, it's Homefront. Yeah, Home that's front. it. Yeah, Homelander Home and Stormfront. Uh, they, <laughs> Face up. So I, I, I suppose that, uh, to, to start with Homelander, uh, there's a video of him killing an innocent bystander in, uh, in somewhere in Africa, and uh, there's a big controversy. Uh, his PR team says, "Don't say anything," and of course, Homelander, being Homelander, he says something, and he <laughs> daydreams about zapping everyone in the crowd with his heat vision which was the coolest thing like unbelievable to see because you know you don't expect someone like superman to do that uh but of course it turned out to be false he he obviously made a mistake everyone hates him more than ever he's down nine points 9.5 almost 10 9.5 wow yeah how could he survive that (laughs) so he goes to stormfront for help uh stormfront gets her team of geeks to make some memes and he's up five points and then they celebrate by having uh, rough superhero uh, sex. (laughs) I don't even know what you can call that. The most iconic line of the whole show though. I've been waiting for the laser my titties. Like I love it. I just think it's so funny. It's exactly the context I thought it would be in too. Like just like a weird sexy thing but like God. Who fun. knows? Maybe yeah. she had a really unfortunate mole right here that she wanted removed, and <laughs> Homelander was there to do that for her, you know? <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> so 
I have many thoughts about this. The first thing I will say, and then I'll let you guys say some things, is I was so disappointed that the laser thing was a daydream because that had been used in almost every single trailer for this yeah. season then mm-hmm. as like a climactic moment and i was like oh my god homelander's gonna like literally lose his marbles and he's gonna kill a bunch of people and then that's you know everything's gonna kick off so i was so disappointed that it wasn't real i didn't think in that moment that it was because i was like i don't think that would have been enough of an incident in order for him to actually do it but i was still disappointed that it just like just kidding we he's just thinking about doing that um i thought that was a disappointing moment because I wanted to see him actually get to that breaking point for real and, and cause that amount of carnage. So I was happy that uh, Homelander finally found a person he could be crazy with because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're crazy now matches each other. And it's yeah. slowly through the episodes that we're like, Homelander is going nuts. He's going crazier. He's just, he's just despicable. And it's the same kind of trajectory with Stormfront where at first we're like, Oh, maybe I could back her up. You know, she seems cool. And then you're like, Oh no, she's shitty. She's shitty. She's just nasty. And they found each other good because it makes you want to cheer for the boys and Kimiko to just, beat the shit out of them and murder them and that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, just to piggyback onto what Lou was saying, like in some really strange twisted way in the darkest recesses of your heart, you're kind of happy for them. Yeah. so slightly that they found each other, right? Because now Homelander can have all the crazy sex that he wants and he won't break his partner in half. And there's no milk. Did anyone else notice there's no milk this episode? Holy no. shit. Unless We're going to have to end this episode just with like a... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> He's heating up the milk. <laughs> Damn you, Luke. Oh, God. That is so true. Good one. Good one. Yeah, we're going to have to change our uh, thumbnail to us just doing yeah. this. These are my titties. I'm happy for them being together only from the sense of now there's one bad instead mm-hmm. of having two separate bad guys doing two separate lines of crazy bad. I think now we have like, it's going to evolve into one thing. And so from my cheering for the boys, it's easier for the boys because it's one thing that's happening and they're both going to be propelling it forward is my assumption. I don't think Stormfront feels any type of emotional way for mm-hmm. Homelander. So nope. I either think that could be a problem in which she doesn't say the right thing in a moment and he just kind of like goes crazy or she's going to be really good at manipulating him and maybe even manipulates him to the point of doing something just like so atrocious that maybe he even questions it. I'm not sure if he would. Like, I I think there could be a a power struggle moment in that sense of like, who's pulling his strings at some point, if he has that realization, because he's just going to get into like another relationship with a woman who's just manipulating him because that's like his thing. And this time it's through superhero sex. Mommy issues. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. He needs a strong woman to tell him what to do apparently. So he has a type. 
the scary thing about this relationship is that uh, so far Homelander hasn't demonstrated any like neo-Nazi leanings like Stormfront has. So if yep. she's going to be oh, yeah, manipulating absolutely. him, yeah. is she going to manipulate him down that uh, path? Yeah, uh, she had that whole thing of like you're the perfect specimen or whatever it was she was saying, which very much alluded like to that was her reasoning for even considering him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, ah, you're gone. Should we uh, move on to predictions? Predictions. Well, yeah, I mean it's directly connected to what we're just talking about. Again, piggybacking, I, I think that Stormfront is too smart of a lady uh, to, you know, fall for anything that Homelander would want her to do. I think she's got some motive that we're not so clear about yet. And I think in the heat of the moment, he she is going to completely betray Homelander um, mm. and things are gonna turn to shit for him and he's gonna have to decide who to help the boys or i don't know keep being an evil asshole who knows who knows i i I predict that there might be some scenario in the future where he might have to choose between being an asshole or helping the boys to defeat stormfront i think she's going to be like the true antagonist of the season that's what i predict (laughs) Well, uh, just to add to that, uh, I think Jerm is right that uh, Stormfront may betray Homelander and the scene with the lasering eyes of people will eventually happen, but this time for real. And that's going to cost like massive kind of craziness throughout the whole few episodes that are left. He would become a supervillain in that way, like no longer the superhero, but like actual supervillain, like no hiding away from it. Ooh, okay. There's nothing to base this prediction on, but it would just be cool. What if she turned him into the supervillain in order to like really establish herself as a superhero? Oh shit! That's so then, crazy. what better way to take over power than by defeating mm. him straight up, like in a public manner? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, Scary. yeah. That's a great prediction. Yeah. Totally see that happening. Yeah. I She's smart have. enough to do that, I think, to pull that sort of um, evil manipulative task, you know. You just put on spooky lights for this? Like, what happened? I so. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually an accident, but for, for the TV magic, yes, I put that on. Perfect spooky. timing. <laughs> Literally, yeah. as you're saying that, I was like, oh my God, amazing. Good use of lights. <laughs> I'm going to predict uh, Maeve, the reason why she's with the deep is that she is going to join the church of the collective and use that as a sort of shield so that like no one can really like, like penetrate that. So it's so, sort of like standing behind it. So it's like, you can't like Homelander or anyone, they can't attack her uh, personally because she's part of this religion and maybe try to, instill that into the team splintering it in in some way that's, yeah, that's actually kind of yeah even yeah. hide elena in there uh, you know yeah like, she's yeah. a member of the church now you guys can't go on killing members of the church that's crazy so wow, it's, actually, it's it's cool. against, i like it yeah it's against our beliefs yeah that's a good go. call that would be so interesting and if they start to explore the church more they could actually end up with information about stormfront and or liberty 
because of her whole being like, oh, the church has changed. Right. Like she was a part of it. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll find out some type of information that will help Ooh, them. Yeah, they're going to find more about Stormfront. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because right now the deep doesn't like he isn't looking super involved in what's going on. He's not digging as far as we're seeing. Like he's just working on himself. Whereas Maeve's coming in with that motivation yeah. to do something. So she could go in just looking for any type of information to use and could stumble upon that. Mm. Very oh, nice. Yeah. Plus the deep's yeah. just I don't know, just stupid. He's just a tool. He's so he's dumb. Very, he's, he's just, just he dumb. is an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the lady I'm marrying, but I thought we decided on her. He, he yeah, has no idiot. idea what's going on right he's now. Gonna, like, he's going to come out of his hiding and be like, I'm going to be part of the seven. And the seven that's going to exist by the time he shows up is going to be home front. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Like, everyone, who else, like, in Black Noir, maybe <laughs> Black Homefront. I don't know what that name is or the three of them. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I don't know how that he would continue with that because no one's going to respect him or take him seriously, regardless of any image makeover he possibly has. Well, that's it. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Alex, joined by Germ, Michelle, and Lou. Uh, if you enjoyed what you saw, please hit the like, the like button, subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and what have you. All right there. We'll see you next time. Laser or titties. I mean, bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good with a sweater. I'm like, I, I just like. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>